Hello, all you out there. This is Between Two Worlds, podcast about belief, unbelief, and everything in between. I'm your host, Scott Trout, back for a part two with my friend, Ali. Ali, welcome back. Hey, um, so in in part two, Scott is not going to interview me. I'm going to interview him. Uh, it's my first time interviewing a person, which is pretty cool. So uh, I have a few questions that I would like to ask him. So Scott, um, yes. I want to ask you, how was, how was your journey as a Christian from the first day you were on earth till today? Ah, Ali's taken over, so I guess yeah. I'm going to be the one answering. Um, okay, so my journey as a Christian... Um, Well, you can probably relate to this. There's so much when you're a child that is either hard to remember or um, is is handed to you. You follow what your parents tell you about the world. Um, And especially you follow what your parents do and the patterns that they set. So for me, I grew up seeing um, us as a family, we would pray before meals. Um, often we would do this thing where we'd say, who is most thankful? And then we would just call on someone else. We'd be like, Casey's most thankful. He gets to pray. So then it just became this way of like making someone else pray because you didn't want to pray. Um, but we saw my parents turn to prayer in times of need, big or small, whether it was, we had lost something we said, well, let's pray for it. Or something big had happened, and we said, "Let's let's pray as a family." That meant a lot to me. Um, what I saw in that was, it wasn't something that my parents told us to do. Hey, boys, you should go pray. It was something that they led us. They did, and we were oh, part of it. I thought that was really that beautiful. No, that makes sense. So they would pray for us before we went to bed. We pray um, before meals, and then, like I mentioned. I can distinctly remember I lost something and I was really, really sad. And, and so my mom's like, Hey, let's, let's pray for that. And it's just beautiful. Like something really cool about that. Um, and then with the Bible, Oh, and we went to church. So we would go to, uh, I went to the same church my whole life. I was there as a kid. We did all the Sunday school classes, you know, we're learning about David and Goliath and you make some sort of craft to show David or like you make a sling or something to kind of illustrate the stories and make them come alive. Um, and actually I was homeschooled for a little bit. <laughs> uh, mm. So I've got four brothers. So my mom homeschooled us along with several other families in Fort Collins, Colorado. And it was so cool. It was like such a fun time. And looking back now, I've been able to ask my mom a little bit more details about what we did. It's really amazing all that she did with us. But we would do these different crafts, these different activities with the other families. Um, sometimes we put on plays. Sometimes we made this big quilt and it had a different rep- a different symbol for each of the different books of the Bible to help us memorize it and understand it. And um, at Christmas time, we would have flannel, which is like you know fabric, and we would tell the story of how Jesus was born by putting up the pieces on this. You know, we had little cut out baby Jesus and cut out Mary and the donkey. And so we would do those kind of things. And um, so, oh, and then with the Bible, I saw 
my mom every morning would read with us boys. And it was really powerful. So she would, sometimes we would read a book of the Bible and sometimes we would read a book um, about like a Christian who lived. Um, one of my favorites is uh, The Hiding Place. It's this book about a Dutch woman. So now it's cool that I'm in, I'm in the Netherlands and this is about a Dutch woman. Her name is Corrie Ten Boom and she and her family hid Jews during the, first, or the Second World War when, when the Nazis occupied their country. Her family hid people in their house and a lot of people, people would, they would help them escape and then they would house new people. And then ultimately they were caught. And so they went to a concentration camp. Her sister died there. Her dad died there, but she survived. And then she went on to speak for years afterward, um, specifically about forgiveness. There was this one moment where somebody came up to her after speaking, and it was one of the guards at the camp, at the concentration camp, who was like brutal to her. And inside of her, she felt this like hatred for that person, for all that they did, all the things that they, how horrible they were treated and, and what this person specifically did. And the person came up to her and she said, you, do you remember me? And of course, Corey Ten Boom could never forget this person. She said, yes. And all she wanted to do was um, spit up their face, reject them. Um, but I'm pretty sure the person said like you, you talk about forgiveness. Can that, can that be extended to me? This person who was the guard and yeah. And ultimately Corey Ten Boom, she talks about how God was speaking to her in that moment. And, um, and talking about, I, I'm going to probably misquote this. I, it would be good to go back and reread it, but um, she has this moment where God speaks straight to her heart. And he says, remember how much you have been forgiven. Um, don't withhold forgiveness now. And so she's like, God, I can't but I need you. I need your help. And so he does. God helps her to actually learn. Yeah. Be able to forgive this, this guard. And so anyway, that's a, that's a story of one of the books that we would read growing up, all of which meant a lot to me. I think it really built a foundation for me um, to understand who God is. I can remember from a very early age, um, actually my brothers had a huge impact on my, my faith as well. My brother was the one who taught me about um, Jesus, my older brother. So he, so, I mean, I think I knew from school or Sunday school and stuff at church, but he's the one that said, uh, this is what it means to give your heart, like give your full, your full life to Jesus. And he, he prayed with me in that moment. Um, and so then uh, Christianity continued to be a huge part of my life in these like really exciting ways, because once you're, when you're a kid, it's just like, these are the things we do. And I'm a part of this family and you just trust your mom and your dad. And, um, and as I started getting older, then you start to understand what are the things like, who am I and what do I believe in? And so around that time, you know, this is probably my teenage years. Um, we would start to go on these retreats with church. Um, it's actually, Ali, it's similar to what we did to Woodleaf. Yeah. Um, so uh, for those listening, we went on this spring break trip and we did like a bunch of service, manual labor, um, but it's also like revolving around spirituality and it connection to fun. God. So it was fun. fun. It was fun. 
So I did a lot of those growing up and those were very formative moments for me to get away from normal life, get away from schoolwork and be around people who l- wanted to get to know God. And there was older, it was like, maybe we were in high school and there was these college students that were like helping us. And I just looked up to them so much. So then I started to see people who weren't my parents, but who loved God. And so then I'm like, wow, I want to be like that person. I want to be like Eric or Nathan or Jesse. Um, and, and so then it carried me into uh, college and college kind of similar to what you described is this moment where you're away from your parents' home. And so then it really starts to show what you do or you don't believe in. And it was pretty apparent that like, I liked Christianity on paper, but I really didn't like it in practice. Um, (laughs) um, And, and um, so, yeah, when you're in college, there's all these things that are being offered to you, all these things that are trying to tell you who you should be. And for me, I wanted all of it. I just wanted the experience. I wanted to, you know, honestly, I wanted to be the life of the party. That was the thing that I, I always wanted people to like me, to be well-known, to know my name, to think I'm awesome. Uh, Especially with women. I was like, oh, you know, like girls like me. I like them and what can happen. Um, And and so in a sense, I was exploring a lot of different things, but also just not really sure who I wanted to be. And unfortunately, then a lot of who I thought I was, oh, I'll never be, I'll never do this, or I'll never be that person. I just quickly became that person. Um, and uh, yeah, and so then that kind of catches up to you, caught up to me because I heard I hurt some people as a result of that, um, especially being kind of more like the flirtatious, I don't even know, guy who gets attention from women. Like, um, it, it was just, I was just in it for me. And so people just got confused. They're like, okay, so do you like me? Do you want a relationship? What, what's happening right yeah. now? And I'm like, I don't really know. I'm just having fun, but you can't just have fun forever. Cause it's just fun for you. Not fun for everyone else. Um, so I really started to get a feeling of like, I'm not who I want to be. I'm not following through on the things that I thought I believed as well as for most of my life, Christianity had become, had been something that older people believed my parents my parents' friends. Um, and in college, I was around a lot of people who didn't believe in Christianity. They could kind of care less. They believed in themselves, which I also was just in it for myself. Um, so then I started meeting up with a guy who he started to show me the Bible in ways that I had never read it before. Um, because again, when, when Christianity was just from an older person perspective, the Bible became kind of just something I know I'm supposed to read, but I don't really understand it. It's kind of confusing. It feels old. And so when I started meeting with him, I saw how the Bible impacted every single moment of his day. Anything that I brought to him, I was like, Adam, you know, I'm thinking about this or I don't get this or I'm struggling with this. And he brought me to the Bible. He's like, oh, well, 
have you ever read this part? Or have you read, ever read this or read this? And I was like, wow, like he knows so much of the Bible and the Bible is so relevant to all the things that I'm going through, all the things I'm thinking about. And not only that, but Adam started to show me a better version of me than who I was right there. He showed me a better, he showed me my potential. Um, especially if I were to, if I were to start to think more about other people than I did for myself. Um, and I just started thinking like, yeah, I don't really like what I'm living for right now. I don't really like my impact on other people. And um, I want more what Adam has and I want to be like Adam for someone else. He was like a spiritual guide for me, a spiritual example. And um, so that really has put me on, on the track of where I am now of, I definitely don't have it all figured out. And me and God are still kind of working through what's our relationship and how do I, how do I get to know him? But I'm in this really fun spot of getting to walk through that journey with others. And I really enjoy that. Things like this podcast, you know, I really enjoy hearing other people's perspectives and, um, but man, I'm just even recently I'm, I'm reading some stuff in the Bible and, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I feel like I'm in an exciting phase where I'm teaching others and I'm still learning and yeah, that's a little bit of my journey. You're still teaching everyone. Like you're teaching me every day. Um, the thing like, um, I, I even have to say that even Christianity played a role in my life. Hmm. Um, so Christianity and I told you that in the beginning, uh, I told you that like when we had uh, a conversation is that the thing I love about Christianity is the love is, is the crazy love they have whenever they go to church is the happiness that I see everywhere. And I actually don't see that in Islam. Like until today, I don't see that in Islam. I don't see the crazy loving people, how I see in Christianity and how they sing, just express their love. So, like, that's one of the things that I took from Christianity and installed in my life. Hmm. So, um, so uh, I didn't know that in, in part one, but, like, Christianity, I love their positivity. I love their excitement. I love their happiness. So, I took that and installed that in my life. And it played and it served me well. And I'm pretty grateful for that. And, and I love when you said that you pray as a family. And it was led. You weren't forced to. I really love that. Uh, I sometimes I say to myself, okay, like when I pray, when we pray as a family, they tell us to come and pray. So they are like forcing us to come and pray. But I love how you say it, how you use the word "led." So mm. they are like grabbing all people, bringing them like to create one heart, one family. Mm. And I thought that when I was with you in Woodleaf, like towards the last day, and when we all did our prayers. It was beautiful. Hmm. So beautiful. And when you said wood leaf, I was like, yeah, I remember. It was beautiful, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I I loved surrounding myself with positive people and like energetic people who are always like who look towards the future, who wants to improve on themselves. Um, let me say, you might not be the most fun people to hang out with, like not in terms of when I say in terms of fun, I meant like, I meant like 
don't get me wrong don't get me wrong <laughs> it's like uh like you know, like they're like a group of people like they're like the like they are not religious people who are much more fun than religious people right but the religious people they have the love they have the happiness i don't see it in unreligious people huh huh so like the other people that i hang out with but it was so much fun like it was fun it was fun like i love hanging out with people who are totally different than me yeah uh yeah and i really liked your, how you talked about your journey like it was amazing at the beginning then when you want to call it, it went down. <laughs> and then how Adam impacted your life and then it just went up. Huh. And, it, and there's like some bumpy roads along the way, but like you're still continuously go, go, going up. And I love how to use and how like your stock price is going like a thousand percent up over the last 10 years. I like to use that, uh, <laughs> like these words. So, yeah. like, so I'm really like glad that you shared with me your story i bet like from listening to your story before that that religion had improved your life a lot hmm. and uh but i'm like curious to ask you like uh, these two questions uh, do you today consider yourself as a religious person or no and if not do you want to become a religious person hmm. ah it's a good question yeah um can I, can I ask a question of the question? Yeah, no problem. So when you say a religious person, what do you mean? Uh, I meant like a devout person. I meant like a person who comes and just spreads Christianity every single day. Who's like who holds the Bible, who wears the, the uniform, the Christian uniform. Um, I don't know what's the name of it. <laughs> I don't know if I know the Christian uniform. Like there's like this white button at the top. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. No, well, I mean, I know what you're talking about, but that's a different um, denomination or something. I really? Think that's okay. Methodist priest or something. So, yeah. I, oh, a pri- okay, okay, okay. I think. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so that's I, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so no, no to the, the uniform. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but you said use the word devout. Yeah. Okay. And um, I do want to be devout. Yeah. But but maybe let me define what I mean by devout. Yeah. Um, oh, and you said the spreading Christianity every day. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess the way that I think about this is, you know, when you find a podcast that you're like, this is so good. This is such a good podcast. I want other people to listen to this. Or maybe it's like a YouTube video or whatever it might be. Especially if it's something that is like really deep. It's not just like, oh, this is funny. Yeah. But it's like, whoa, that video or that podcast or that book, that changed who I am. I want to live by what I just heard. So that for me, when I think of... um what was the word used? That, or, um, um, religious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think of that feeling. I have found something that has deeply moved me. I have found a way of seeing the world. And for me, it's like, this is, this is reality. I have found what I deem to be reality. 
And I want everyone else to know what reality is, what truth is. That makes sense. So, yeah. So, okay. So, so especially when it comes to like my relationship with God and, and the Bible specifically, I really am in love with the impact that it's had on me and the depth. I feel like I, there, when I find something that there's like, you can spend your whole life and feel like you haven't even gotten the whole, that's, that's how I feel about the Bible. There's so much to learn there. Um, so in that sense, I am very uh, zealous. I forget the specific word you used, but um, I want to tell people about this belief. This, the, yeah, that, that made such a huge impact on me. Um, as far as spreading Christianity, when I, so I, I have a lot of conversations um, and in Christian circles, they would say, I do a lot of evangelism, which is like the act of trying to convince somebody yeah. about Christianity. Um, and, and I really enjoy that, but specifically because um, I really enjoy hearing someone's view on life or on a problem that they're having and trying to use my understanding of the world and seeing um, how they differ, what's the same. So it's the, it's the challenge of um, the two minds meeting, the two experiences meeting. And, um, and then I just, I do believe in truth. So I believe that there's people have their experiences, but that doesn't change what is objectively true. And so I'm in a, journey to find out, okay, what is true? What is true about the world? What is true about humanity? Um, and specifically, how do we as humans, um, like what, what's required? Why, why are we here? What's our purpose? Mm. And so, um, so yeah, I guess in a sense, I am, I'm very religious in that this belief impacts everything I do. Um, okay. But I'm also on a journey and want to understand, uh, I, I want to be the type of person that allows others to confront me if they think I'm wrong and what, what, uh, what they might have to say. That makes sense. Well, that makes sense. Well, th- well, thanks for sharing that with me. Like, I, okay, so you consider yourself as a religious person and you want to spread Christianity to more people. And I, and I, I, and I sometimes feel it whenever I have good conversations with you. and like. Like I'll be honest with you, like you have, like you make you make the sound of being a Christian so easy, hmm. like you don't make it so complicated. Hmm. And and I really like, and I said to you like at the beginning, I really like, like how Christianity. I just feel the love of it, like because like whenever I go to the mosque, it's like so negative until hmm. this day, until this day. But like I take the good things of every religion and put it in my life. Like, I might be a Muslim on paper, but, like, in reality, I might be a mix of both. Because, hmm. like, hmm. I can't be a fully devout Muslim. Like, not everyone can can be the same. Like, there should be, like, some different elements. So, like, I really like the Christianity and their motives behind it. And I take it. And I hmm. want to take that and apply it in my life. Hmm. But uh, at the same time, I don't want to change my religion a hundred and hundred percent you know because that would require more logistics and more it would be much more mind draining you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like 
like I really love the small aspects that you told me. And mm. like I, I can't feel the love whenever people talk to me. I can't feel the love. <laughs> like I can't feel the love. I can't feel the love. That's awesome. And, and my last question is uh how did um how did uh, re- uh starting a family reshape you as a person? Like if you want to use Christianity or not, like like you can tell me like in a personal way and as a Christian way. Okay. Okay. Or if you want to combine the both, that's fine. Um, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I guess is in a personal way, um, it's hard for me to separate those, but I, I think I know. Yeah. Uh, I love being a dad. So that's maybe good, that's, that's, good. that's like the personal side. I've told people it feels like something that was always in me finally gets its chance to like fully yeah blossom like fully come out um i've always loved hanging out with kids i always love being childish with them and imaginative and and then i always i've always really loved taking care um of things or yeah i mean i was always working in the nursery at church or something like that um so in a huge sense i feel like i was made for this that's good that's good. yes so, so you prepared your whole life for this moment which is good well and of course like i mean i think I, i've been preparing my whole life for a lot of different things some of which have probably not even happened um but there's something very innate to who i am that has found its place like it's like yes i, I was meant to do this this is great um and then, oh man, Naomi's awesome. She's just That's like so good. fun. That's good. So I guess one of the small moments, um, she's almost eight months old. And so she's like just a little bit more sturdy. And um, it is really amazing to, to watch a little baby discover things. Yeah. And then it's also really beautiful and really humbling to know that you are responsible for their growth and for their discovery. And so that it's like, it's this incredibly humbling yet incredibly powerful realization. Yes. Yeah. I really like how you said it, like, because you're the one who will be creating the creature out of your own hands, out of, like you're gonna create their personalities. I really like how, how you said it at the at the end. Like being a dad is fun. It's not that bad. Like yeah, it's not that bad. Like I think I think maybe uh, because most people like in the media they talk about the negatives of being a parent due to the cost of it, and that's kind of true. But like like but at the end of the day, if you were if you were able to offset the cost. And like to solve that problem, like having a baby is actually pretty fun. Like I totally agree with you. Like like I I'm not married or anything, but I have like my youngest sister is like nine years old. And I play with them every single day. Yeah. So it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And yeah. I totally understand it. I I totally can relate to it. But like being a dad is totally different than being a brother. But like yeah, I yeah. understand. I understand. Totally. And, and it's like just really exciting that like I, I get to watch her grow from a little tiny yeah. blob to, you know, into a, a woman um, later on in life. And 
the moment that I have to give her away to marriage to somebody else or yeah, in a relationship. And, um, okay. So then here's the spiritual part. So one of my jobs as a dad is to create the environment where Naomi flourishes. I'm like sense. a, I'm like a gardener kind that of like, yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of putting up what are the boundaries of where it's okay to go or it's not okay to go. And how can I um, uh, not only help her like sensory work, you know, her motor skills, you know, crawling or soon she might be walking. I don't know, super soon, but she's definitely <laughs> crawling right now. So there's like these aspects of like her personal development and, and safety but then there's also this moral component. And I've been actually yeah. reading a book about this. And this is a little less tangible than helping a baby walk. You know, you hold them and you encourage them. But helping a baby grow into a, a human who can rationally choose right versus wrong. Yeah. Knows right and wrong and chooses right. Man. It's like, how do you do that? That's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so when I think about God, one of the things that we often talk about in Christianity is how God is our father. Yeah. Yeah. He's our father. Um, We're his children. And of course, now that relationship makes so much more sense because I'm living it. I'm, I'm having a living lesson. I'm learning it as I go. And I, I, I play this tension between sometimes I'm, I'm holding back to see what Naomi does, even if it means she might hurt herself. So recently she's been trying to get up on her knees and hold on to something and she can get a, a little wobbly, but she needs to learn that skill. It's a really important thing. Yeah. So if I always stopped her because like, no, you know, you might, you might hurt yourself. Yeah. She might not learn that skill um, as well as I want her to know the boundaries of what hurts and what doesn't hurt. So sometimes she crawls underneath chairs and um, <laughs> some people told me like, oh, you know, watch her head. Maybe you should move her. But I wanted her to feel what, what, uh, you know, a, a stool leg feels like her chair. Or, um, and now she's getting really good at it. She kind of can feel her way around. Um, and so as it, but then, but then there's other times where I'm specifically coming in and training her to listen to my voice to listen when I say no, because no one else is responsible for her to learn how to say no. That's my job, me and Brianna's. Um, and that's a really important step because I'm also trying to teach her uh, to not live by instant gratification. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Because <laughs> as a baby, they have needs. And they have wants and they don't know the difference. And so everything comes out as a cry and they scream or, um, and so you as a parent have to start to help them understand um, patience or um, sharing, uh, waiting for others, not screaming to get attention. Those are all really important lessons, but it's a, it's a little baby. So it's like, yeah, you're trying to figure out how to do that. And so what makes me think about God as our father is how he does the same thing. He, sometimes he's really actively involved and sometimes he's um, there, but waiting to see what we will do, the decisions we make. And 
That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, and like, and as you said, like he's waiting for the decisions you make. I think that's like one of the most exciting parts in life. Because like until when people are going to make decisions for you, you need to make the decisions for yourself. And if you made the decision for yourself and it turned out to be the right decision, you might be the one of the most happiest people in the world. So, yeah. And I really liked how you said that you want to teach Naomi how to say no, because saying no is very important. Do hmm. not say yes for everything because some things are good and some things are bad. So like teaching her to say no is actually pretty good. Hmm. But like not no for everything, but like no for the bad things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's a, it's a learning process to figure out as a parent. It's a learning process. What do I give her? What do I say? No, not right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Well, that's pretty good. That, uh, like the way how, how you're describing like being a parent is kind of positive because like, because like from like hearing from people in Kuwait, they say like, you need to take care of them. You need to, you need to buy a house. You need to put them in the best schools. So there's like a lot of pressure, hmm. like in creating these, like, like in, in creating, like you need to have a lot of money to take care of them. And I really like how, and I really like to hear your perspective and being in a positive way, like despite the financial issues, because like everyone has financial issues, but like, yeah, I really like listening to your story makes me excited, like about being a dad. And hmm. I want to be one in the future. Uh, but I don't see it right now because, like, hmm. I see uh, most people at my age are getting married. I'm like, I'm getting older, but like, <laughs> I think, I think, like, for me, like, getting married at age 30 is like literally one of the best things I could do, hmm. like, between 30 and 35. Hmm. I know that might be too old, but like, like, just imagine if you could like build financial wealth in your 20s, which will offset the need to work for the rest of your life just to provide for the child, you know um so yeah and i really like to hear your perspective because it's really fun to be a child you're creating that creature from scratch hmm. like the things that your parents didn't provide you you're gonna provide them hmm. Hmm. Uh, and it's it's a fun process it's a fun process yeah it's a fun and emotional process yeah i totally agree yeah well so i guess that kind of makes me curious what kind of dad do you want to be ali yeah um that's a good question i really want uh, so one of the most important things I need to make sure is to choose for them the right environment. Uh, I'll be straightforward with you, but I don't think that Kuwait is the right environment to raise my children hmm. in the future. I think because it's, it's more of a toxic environment, like Kuwait is more of a toxic environment, which I'm not saying it in a negative way, but like, I'll be honest, Kuwait is a toxic environment, but like, I want to show them positivity in the world because for me personally, I never learned positivity until I came to the States. Because, hmm. wow. like, I was always raised with toxic, toxic, like, with negativity, especially in school. And I don't want that. I don't want my children to face that. So I think, like, maybe, maybe a good environment would be, like, somewhere in Dubai, like, in the UAE, or maybe in Australia or New Zealand hmm. or in the States or Canada. That's what I'm thinking of. But, like, I need to build the financial wealth first. And I just and as I said to you, like in part one, the four things: relationship, uh, religion, finance, and uh, and health. Because like, like if I built uh, the wealth, then when I 
when I decide to be a dad, I want to be healthy for them. So I, so I'm able to be with them until my last day on earth. I want, I want right. to reach a hundred. I want to reach 105. I don't want to die at 70 or 80. Yeah. I want to be very old. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So like the first, like the first, like for me, take care of the finances, then be a dad. Because if you are a dad, then take care of the finances. You'll work for the rest of your life. Mm. And so that's the thing. So that's what, um, like, that's my goal in life. I want to have children. I think it's the best thing in the world. Hmm. Like, yeah, it's the best thing in the world.